The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC, Investment Advisory Services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. It's time to talk money. I'm, we're going to get a lot done. The Financial Guys Radio Show. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh. Here are the Financial Guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. COVID is, I know you all know, but a lot of people may not know what COVID is. That is a system whereby uh, they're going to provide funding for states to be able to get access to vaccine. <laughs> Answer the first question. <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually, I, well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, the answer is, I believe he is in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. <laughs> wow. Great opening, Frank. I don't even know if I should be sad or if I should laugh. That's that's President Joseph Biden. Some of his highlights or lowlights, Mike. Well, and here's the thing too. The for you know, people out there that don't know what COVID is, everybody knows what COVID is, Joe. Yeah. We've known for 15 months it's with not COVID a program. Is. I don't yeah. think it's a, it's any division department. Um, oh my folks, if you're just tuning in and you're wondering what are they babbling about? This is Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza here with you today. And we are the financial guys. We call this the financial guys radio network, right? These two hours. That's right. Um, wow. This is a blockbuster show folks. Not because of us. <laughs> it's never because of us. In spite of us, this is a blockbuster <laughs> show. Um, we, we do. We have a lot of really good guests. We are going to have time for phone calls, folks. Lots going on. But, yeah, President Joseph Biden, um, he's literally the, the leader of the free world. And that's what's coming out of his mouth. I actually get a little angry. I get angry at his wife, his family, anybody who actually loves Joe Biden. The Democratic Party. Right. For yep. doing this to him. For putting him in this situation. And, and it's, it's you know, it's not us picking on him. It's us assessing what's going on, right? It, right. it is scary, right? The guy can barely form sentences. And it's right. not like it's one or two interviews Dude. where he's just, you know, in over his head or something's wrong. Far more than that. Every no. single time. Every, every single time. time he's on the, the world stage, he just, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He, he's out to lunch. Yep. He has lists that he has of who will be able to ask questions, which is fine. But he announces that he has a list. He'll say, hey, oh, I got to get my list out of the people that I'm going to have, uh, you know, ask me some questions here. And uh, I don't want to get into trouble if I ask, if I ask, uh, if you answer, uh, if I answer any extra questions. Uh, yeah, they're going to be mad at me. He, he's it, it's, it's like a child where they tell you everything, mm -hmm. right? Everything that goes on, they exactly. tell you and they, they report to you. That's what he does That's in his own doing. head. He reports everything that people in the background are telling him not to do, to yep. do, how to do it. And that's what elderly people that have some cognitive issues start to do. They start to say, 
wait a second, I got to get my keys. Okay, don't forget to close the door. Don't forget to lock it. Like, that's yep. what they do. Yeah. And that's that's what they need to do. And he is doing it, folks. It's it's not it's not funny. It, it is, but it's also very sad. And it's a topic <laughs> of conversation that has to be addressed. No doubt. You know, no it's doubt. not something you can just, you know, uh, don't worry about it. It's okay. It'll, it'll all come back to normal. It won't. Absolutely not. I mean, it's just, it's not good. And, uh, but that's, that's who we've got, folks, for at least another three and a half years, right? Roughly. Um, so let's line up this show for you um, right off the bat. We have a, another visit by son of Rudy Giuliani. Andrew Giuliani, his hat in the ring now to run against Andrew Cuomo for New York State Governor. Um, so Andrew Giuliani will be coming up shortly, right after our first quick break uh, momentarily. Um, should be exciting. I know he made a trip into Western New York. I believe this week, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get a little update on what he's doing, um, ask him a few questions. He's not the only one running for governor against Andrew Cuomo. So I, I'm interested to know kind of the positioning of, you know, what are you doing to differentiate yourself yep. on the GOP side first? Right, right. And then... You know, God willing, I think many of our listeners would say, if you actually beat Andrew Cuomo, what's your plan? Right. right? So right. we're going to talk to Andrew Giuliani coming up. We're also highlighting employee benefits uh, in June. So if you need um, any type of employee benefit help, if you're a business, a company out there, and you're not quite sure what direction your benefits are going in, if you're not sure you're giving all of your employees the, the right support, call us, 833-FIN-GUYS. That's to schedule a complimentary consultation and you can review your employee benefit package with Brian Janik. And uh, I think you you really got to do that if you haven't, folks. I mean, this isn't, you know, just out to you, all of you company owners. It's not just about the wage that you've set and pay your employees. It's also about the entire employee benefit package. Uh, TFG podcast this week, Mike and Glenn, moving the goalpost. Have to believe that's a bit COVID-related, right? I'm sure it's Mo- something to do with Moving the goalpost. <laughs> Mike and I, Mike Sparaza, uh, that is, and I, TFG Truth, we uh, report facts, expose hypocrisy, and espouse common sense. That's our mantra, folks. So if you'd like to tune in, find any anywhere where you find your podcast, TFG Truth. Talked to New York State Assembly Minority Leader Rob Ort. Great interview with Rob. Yeah, and it's, it's actually going to be playing today after the show on Facebook. So Beautiful. it'll be there for everybody to view today. Awesome. And thereafter, find it on YouTube. If you can't do it like right now on a nice Saturday afternoon, uh, find us on YouTube. And then lastly, we, we would invite you all to join our Economics and Market Update conference call. The entire investment team, including chartered financial analyst Paul Meeks, chartered financial analyst John Thur. Uh, Dave Mariocker, Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, just an outstanding, outstanding team uh, of, of financial advisor support, wealth managers, the actual guys who stay in their offices, they watch the markets, they listen to earnings reports, interest rate news. They are doing a call, and you are invited, folks. Go to thefinancialguys.com, wait about three seconds, and you'll see a little window pop up, and you can see the headline for that. You can register by just clicking a button, fill in your name, your email address, whatever. It's Wednesday, June 23rd. That's this Wednesday at 6.15 p.m. Whether you're a client or not, folks, you can join this call and hear from the the folks that I rely on, that you, Mike, rely on for all the investment management, right? The actual trades, the selection of funds and stocks. That's our team. And there's a lot going on with inflation, interest rate sensitivity, the shift from growth stocks to value type stocks this year, um, almost a 180 in terms of which seems stronger right now. You'll get everything you can find out from our team 
This Wednesday, 6.15, register at thefinancialguys.com. Do we want to tease the rest of our guests today, too? I think too? we need to. Yeah, I, let's I don't want to. <laughs> not like they're inferior by, <laughs> by any means, but we, we have, honestly, we have Andrew. We've got Tori Witcher out in Rochester, one of our Rochester advisors. He's going to be calling in, talking about income planning, some of the things I specialize in. I now have a counterpart out in the Rochester area named Tori Witcher. He will be on Stefan Mahailu. Yep. A lot of people know Stefan. Yep. He's becoming quite the rock star, by the way, on uh, social media. That's right. Wasn't there? What was the event? And and people were chanting, Stefan, uh, Stefan. It was a Poland Cars campaign event, so really? we'll talk to him about that. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> I think Stefan had as many supporters there as Mr. Poland Cars did. Right. Um, and folks, you will um, you will be really in for a treat. We like to talk to experts, people are, that are specialists in what they do. Sheriff Mark Daniels, Cochise County, Arizona, border security expert and frequent Fox News contributor, Sheriff Mark Daniels joining us in the second hour, along with Brian Janik. And lastly, Paul Meeks, our chartered financial analyst that I mentioned. He's going to be on just to tease the upcoming economic and markets update. We have so many people coming on. We're going to be very quick through these, these guests. This is also the place you can call us, folks, 800-616-9236. We will take phone calls. Be patient with us. But we will take phone calls. There's a lot going on. A lot of really special guests today. Do you want to get a quick break before I think uh, we, we have should. Giuliani I think, on the line? Do I wanna... think we do. So we're going to take a quick break, folks. As soon as we return, we will be on with New York State hopeful gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani. You've got Mike Payflick, Mike Sparaza in for Mike and Glenn this week. We are the Financial Guys. We will be right back. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this is The Financial Guys Radio Network. Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in. Um, pretty much monthly now, yeah, right? Yeah, trying to give Mike and Glenn some time off with their families, time to actually catch up on things that they can't do during the work week. So um, we love being here. We love doing our TFG Truth podcast. Um, we like reaching out. We like to hear from people, especially specialists. We also like to hear from some of the most prominent people in the news. And in the news right now yep. is our next guest. And our next guest is Andrew Giuliani. Um, son of Rudy Giuliani and now GOP governor hopeful for New York. Andrew, you've got Mike and Mike. Thank you for joining us. Mike, great to talk to you guys. Uh, really, uh, just actually, as a matter of fact, had a great swing through western New York, spent some time at Buffalo and Rochester. And uh, I got to tell you, where is a, uh, there's a real, real uh, want, desire for a change. And I think that's one of the things having now one month into our candidacy, having been to all 62 counties within the first month. That's the one thing that's consistent, whether or not you're from Times Square or Plattsburgh or, uh, or Erie County. Um, people are ready for change. They see what Andrew Cuomo has done to the state, not just over the last 15 months, but the last 10 and a half years. Sure. Um, and and uh, they understand that in order for New York to survive, we need to have pro-business friendly, and by the way, 
uh, pro-common sense and pro-police policies that we are just not seeing right now. Well, and that's your platform. I remember we, when we last talked about a month ago, and you had just announced your candidacy. Boy, you've made it in the last month. You've made it to every county. That's and, absurd. And <laughs> run the campaign. I, you know, I made wow. New Yorkers on day one. Uh, we started off in New York Harbor, right where my great grandfather first stepped foot in the United States of America in 1899. Yeah, yeah. And, and we ended ended off the first month yesterday at Niagara Falls, and I just wanted to show the show the world the wonder of New York because it really is. It's not just the greatest state in the country; it's the greatest place in the world. If government can get out of the way, then there is no place like New York, and it will attract people back. Unfortunately. Government has gotten so far in the way and so overregulated, mm-hmm. not protected our citizens, that people are deciding to leave. That can turn around, and I, I'm telling you, I'm telling all New Yorkers, it can turn around a lot faster than people think. I completely agree. And, and yeah, Andrew, we've said that a lot on the radio. You know, we, we got to turn the narrative around from people wanting to leave the state to come back to the state because it truly is a great state to be in. And I, I love it too. I love Buffalo, and and I don't want to have to leave one day because of that stuff that you just mentioned. Which brings us to our first question, I think. So, w- what are your top two priorities uh, immediately if you become governor? Yeah. Well, I think number one is you have to end the war on cops right now. You know, I remember actually I learned about this in between one of the commercial breaks last time that Buffalo was on a uh, 30-year, pace to have a 30-year high in their violent crime rate. What I just learned this week is Buffalo now is actually on track to have the highest amounts of murders on record in 2021. <laughs> I think that that's, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. we, and it's unfathomable, but that truly is, that's, that's what happens across the state. Rochester's on, I think, up 68% in their violent crime. New York, mm-hmm. 69%. New York City's up 69% in their violent crime rate after literally doubling in 2020. So we need to, we need to repeal bail reform, number one, protect our cops, qualified immunity, and just they need to understand that they have a friend in the governor's pitch. And secondly, from day one, we deregulate. We put a deregulatory agenda out there that will allow businesses small, medium to large-sized businesses, all to have the opportunity to build in New York, not have to look across state lines. Obviously, we could focus on tax cuts as well. That's going to have to take working through the legislature right there, but I am going to make sure I do every single thing that I can every day to make sure that New York is not competing with California to be the highest tax state in the country. Yeah, I think business owners are really happy to hear that as, as part of, you know, obviously, day one, you're going to actually help us. I mean, we've seen what, what these, these you know, here in Erie County, I mean, health commissioners, you know, the licensing boards, all they do is attack businesses. All they want to do is be in their business, basically. Yep. And I mean, so many businesses have had to close down and they're never coming back. Um, I'm actually like really rooting for the recovery of so many of the businesses, many restaurants, bars. I mean, it really breaks my heart that many of these, for decades, family-owned businesses have had to shut down. And I, I mean, I live in Alma, New York, and there are a lot of empty buildings now. Yep. Yeah. And and it's sad to me, but it also then makes me feel really good when I see them thriving again. Yep. When you see lots of cars, lots of people, you know, it's just it's so exciting. How about this, guys. So I know that you guys ultimately, financial guys, you guys are database. Think about the numbers. I also like to think about numbers in terms of the priorities of government. I think it's a great way to really break it down, look at a budget, and see ultimately where the priorities are. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of focus on the $2.1 billion for illegal migrants in New York. Let's put that in perspective. 
small business owners in that same $212 billion budget got $800 million. So you're telling me illegal migrants are almost three times more important than the small business owners that have been crushed over the last 15 months. That will show you where Andrew Cuomo and the Democratic supermajority's priorities are in Albany. They don't care about our small businesses. They want to see them go under for whatever reason. And the budget and the numbers tell the story. And it's a shame, too, because the small businesses are the foundation of not only this state, but our country, too, right? I mean, that's what's so sad about it. We we don't care about the foundation at all about anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. look, I mean, it is the base of free enterprise, right? I mean, it is truly one of the most important parts of the American dream. It's, you know, getting out there, working, working hard but ultimately being able to be your own boss and do that. And, and look, even for the people that are working at small businesses, yep. this, that is truly one of the steps in the American dream. And uh, for some reason, Albany, and it's not just Albany, we're seeing it in other states too, and certainly now in Washington, D.C., uh, they want to hinder that. And I think they want to make people more dependent on their government. Um, I want to make yeah. sure that people are, uh, can be more dependent on themselves. Not government. No doubt. And small companies become mid-sized companies, and they become bigger companies. If you start squashing the ability of small companies to thrive, you you don't have successful companies thereafter. Um, so we've got Andrew Giuliani right now, New York State gubernatorial candidate, um, hoping to unseat Andrew Cuomo. And I know a lot of our listeners are hoping you can do it too, Andrew, if you become the GOP nominee. And on that note, um, what what do you what do you think differentiates you from anyone else who's thinking? to go up against Andrew Cuomo? Yeah, well, it's a great question. I think, first off, and we're starting to see this in some of our early polling numbers, we are up double digits on our, uh, on our other friends who are candidates for the Republican nomination. Uh, and, and, and they are friends of mine. I look, mm-hmm. I look at some of, uh, I look at Rob Astorino. I look at the congressman from Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and these guys are, are, are guys we're going to be fighting to make New York a better place for the next 40, 50 years together. Um, I think the policy platforms are pretty similar. Uh, I think the one main difference that I I bring is I'm able to compete in some of these more traditional blue areas because ultimately there's been no other politician who's been able to pull more Democratic support over the last hundred years in Mm -hmm. states uh, than Rudy Giuliani. And the truth is school choice, for example, it's another one of our platforms. Mm -hmm. Your issue in Buffalo, that's affecting blue voters, not red voters. Now, it doesn't mean that it's, it's not a good policy. It, it makes complete sense. So I think the biggest difference is we have the best opportunity to win on November 8th of 2022. Um, and that, I think, is the biggest difference probably between mm-hmm. me and my opponents. I also have experience in the executive branch in the White House. I would say that that ultimately is, is a difference. Um, and, uh, and I think those are probably the two ways that I can distinguish myself uh, between the two of them. They're good men, mm-hmm. good governors. Uh, I just think that uh, we have a much better chance of getting elected than the two of them do. And Andrew, one other question I have too is, is Glenn Wiggle kind of outlined what uh, Ron DeSantis's first week looked like as Florida governor uh, when he first started off there. And, and, and I'm going to ask you the same question. What is the first week? I know you gave us your top priorities, but what is the first week of Andrew Giuliani as governor look like? Yeah, well, look, I, I, I kind of hinted at it there. But one, we stopped the war on cops. We put out a, uh, you know, a bill of rights for our police officers that will protect our police officers and allow them to be proactive uh, in policing. That includes repealing bail reform. 
from an economic standpoint, it's deregulation. It literally is. On day one, January 1st, 2022, at 12.01 p.m., we look at all the regulations on the books, and we'll, we will have that prepared uh, while we are, um, you know, while we, once we have been elected and are, and are awaiting our term as we're governor-elect. We will have that ready to go so that way we literally start deregulating on day one at 12.01 p.m. and make it easier for businesses to get the job done. Now, some people will ask, well, why not tax cuts on day one? We propose tax cuts on day one, but anybody that knows, it means you're working through a legislature. Right. That means, that means we're going to go into all of their areas that ultimately if all the state assembly men and the state senators that want to propose more of a socialist agenda, and we're going to explain to their constituents – talk with their constituents why those policies are hurting their opportunity to have a good career and a good job. And I think we get tax cuts done within the first year, but that's going to take a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. It's a battle that I look forward to having. I got to tell you, it's, it's a worthy battle and one that I look forward to having. Yeah. I actually, I just want to, I know we have about one more minute. I want to ask you um, first, what's your campaign strategy then over the next year and a half? I know you visited every county. Are you going to keep uh, kind of the boots on the ground approach? I've, I've made the promise again that I will come back to all 62 counties by Labor Day, and I will be doing that. I will be in every single county throughout the next 16 and a half months plus eight years after that. That's how I want to govern. That's how I want to run this campaign. Look, I look at it this way, right? If I am going to be asking you for, my, for, for your vote mm -hmm. on November 8th of 2022 and asking your friends for their vote and asking you to bring your friends to the polls for their vote, I need to show you the respect to come into your home, to come into your county, to come into your town and talk with you and mm -hmm. listen about the issues that are of most importance. Awesome. I can't show you that respect. I don't deserve your vote. Awesome. Andrew Giuliani, thanks again for this visit. I know you're just completely, extremely busy. We're extremely grateful for your time. Well, thank you, guys. And anybody who wants to get involved, go to nyforgiuliani.com. Awesome. Everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike. And Thanks, Mike. Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. We will plug that again. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Mike and Mike, the Financial Guys. You're listening to the Financial Guys Radio Network with guest host Mike Hayflick. Need your weekly Glenn and Mike fix? Check out their podcast, available on all streaming platforms and YouTube. New episodes are released every single week. Now, here's Mike Hayflick. All righty, welcome back. We are steering the ship. Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza, the financial guys this weekend. Mike and Glenn, I'm sure, doing a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, um, enjoying the yeah, no clouds. Rain. Enjoying no the rain. clouds. Yeah, they have to. They, they are <laughs> a couple of the busiest guys we know. We're the next two busiest guys that we know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're actually my neighbor in the office, so um, we each hear each other. You all know, day. this sort of muffling, yep. uh, talking all day long. So, And here we are in the studio this weekend, folks. Um, if you just missed uh, the last segment, Andrew Giuliani running for New York State GOP side governor of New York, um, looking to be the candidate against Andrew Cuomo. Great interview. Um, we're trying to be fair, too, folks. We want to we hear from every candidate. So yep. hopefully we will hear from every candidate who's going to launch any campaigns against Andrew Cuomo. We had Lee Zeldin last week. The yep. guys had him on for a while last week. So. Yep. 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 And uh, I honestly, I think every one of the folks that, that we believe in um, would be far better. I yep. think that's, that's no secret if you're listeners to our show. 
Um, but let's see how things go. I yeah. mean, it's about the message. It's about making contact with people. It's about gotta fight. You know, getting gotta belief, fight. right? Yeah. Getting belief and yeah. trust in the people that will vote for you. And hopefully, uh, hopefully one of those good candidates like Andrew Giuliani, Lee Zeldin, um, he mentioned a third. Yeah. Yes. Mr. Is it Astorini? Yep. Mr. Astorini. I remember he ran several years ago and unsuccessfully, of course. But anyway, Andrew Giuliani, uh, we just had here on the show. And uh, stay tuned, folks. We're going to have Stefan Mahailu uh, momentarily, Erie County Comptroller. Um, lots to talk about. Um, we've got all sorts of things going on nationally. Uh, folks, by the way, we do manage money for a living. If you think like us, we always like to say that. We don't want you to be a miserable partner with us, right? We're right. looking for people who sort of think like us. Even if you're sort of like, you know, like we do our podcast, it's about common sense, yep. right? If we can all agree on common sense, like armed robbery is something that you should hold somebody for. Shouldn't not, be a ballast crime. Yeah, yeah. like, a, you know, yeah. I mean, that kind of thing. It used to be sort of a given. I mean, that's what we're talking about, folks, when you think like us. It's, it's not anything relating to a pure sort of political stance. It's right. about... Have some common sense. Like, let businesses run their businesses the way they wish to run them. Right. They know how to run their businesses. Let kids go back to school without masks because there's like a 0.003% chance that COVID will take them down. And right? we'll have those stats. Actually, we're going to talk a little bit about that yeah. with uh, Stefan Mihailu. But, uh, I mean, the, the numbers that are coming out, the CDC's most recent numbers, I mean, it, yep. you can't argue it. You can't debate no. the numbers anymore. And you can't say the CDC is who we will listen to but then not listen to them when the stats don't agree with your right. your ideology, you know, right. ideolo yeah. uh, ideology. Yep. So, um, folks, if you do want to go through our homework process, though, um, feel free call us at eight three three Fin Guys. Um, we are in Western New York. We are in Batavia. We have offices in South Florida, and we also have offices in Rochester, New York. And uh, we're going to bring on one of my partners, my business partner, Tori Witcher. Tori, you're on the air. How, how are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. We're doing well. And uh, I heard a couple of the, the spots here as we were on a break, and one of them was relating to income planning. And right away, I'm thinking, hey, that's what I do. That's what I do in Western New York. I actually teach other reps across the country how to do it, folks. We have a really very refined process. We try to make Social Security sort of the, the cornerstone of people's retirements. And, Tori, before you came on board with the financial guys and sort of are now anchoring down that that Rochester area for us. You were actually in this business, correct? You were helping people as a financial advisor. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. Now, now, how do you how do you think that this certification for Social Security claiming strategies that I have, that Ron Reinstein, who is my sort of partner in in Western New York, helping people with income planning, how do you think that designation, uh, knowing Social Security a lot better than you had before, how do you think that helps now your clients? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's still the same concept. Most clients want guaranteed income, right? Mm -hmm. Retirement's all about. Um, but how we look at it now is we use Social Security to create a tax-efficient plan, mm -hmm. um, which leverages the other assets that they have to maximize the potential. Um, whether that's income or just wealth to pass on to the next generation. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times people don't connect a successful retirement with sort of tax planning, tax management. And, and just as an example, I mean, you and I worked on a case where it really seemed to make sense, not only on the tax side and the Social Security income side, but even on the health insurance side. People who wish to retire before Medicare age, we often might say, 
it might really behoove you to delay Social Security income because we want to keep your adjusted gross income down so you can get those New York State health credits. So all of these things link together, like you and I and what we do, and then along with our Medicare team, it really is a great, great collaboration that we all have for people approaching Social Security either claiming age or Social Security for Medicare benefits. So that whole tax time bomb, can you just explain what that required minimum distribution idea is? Yeah, so they just switched this, but at age 72 now, you have to withdraw a certain percentage of your assets, uh, qualified assets. Um, so if you don't draw down any of your assets until you're 72, mm-hmm. well, that's the time bomb. Um, you're going to have to withdraw a little under 4% each year, and that goes up as you get older. Yeah, and, and the real the real distressing part of that, folks, is if you wait, if you let the IRS dictate, you let the government dictate not only the tax rates, not only the rules on RMDs, as Tory just said, they change the age. And if you then also let them basically be in charge of how much needs to come out every year from age 72 and on, you've really given all the power to the federal government. So, Tori, real quick, you and I, what we try to do is look at it holistically, right? We're not trying to just save people money in one year, but we're trying to develop a fortified income plan for the rest of their lives, right? That's correct. Yeah. So how can people reach you? So they can call the office. um, And we have an office in Rochester in Winton Place. Ah, okay. The corner of Winton Road and... Brighton Henrietta Townline Road. Perfect. And if you want to reach Tori Witcher, one of my colleagues, one of my partners out in the Rochester area, folks, you can call 833-FIN-GUYS. Tori, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Have a good day. All right. See you next week. Awesome. Great, great partner now serving the Rochester area, folks. So, um, And we're all partners in this and, and helping others. So um, great, great job he's doing out there. Tori Witcher, Rochester, New York. Um, if you need him, 833-FIN-GUYS. And uh, we have Stefan Mihailu. We sure do. Chock full of great guests today. So yeah. uh, let's bring um, let's bring Stefan in right now. Stefan, thanks for joining us. Happy to. Good afternoon. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm just ready to answer some radical progressives and liberals. How about you? (laughs) It's like you're stepping in the ring every day, right? Putting like a suit of armor on, grabbing all the weapons and like the gladiator. I'm ready. (laughs) We know you are. You you know, as Lomas says, you're one of the, and I literally stole some of his notes um, from this past (laughs) week. I'm not even kidding. He says, you've been one of the few who have been fighting to protect businesses and taxpayers. One of the few. There are others, but you are certainly um, near the near the front of the line. Um, always, always willing to step out in front of uh, a camera, a microphone, um, or get on your phone and do what you're doing right now to support us. And we appreciate it. Well, it's one of those things where if you work in public service, you got to fight for taxpayers and not politicians. It's that simple. Whether it's saving the Skyway or fighting to make sure that uh, people get refunds from Easy Pass because mm-hmm. they're appear to be ripping off a lot of taxpayers on the Hamburg Thruway or, you know, these ridiculous COVID restrictions like shutting down, you know, the, I call it still Rich Stadium by Mark Polenkar, huh. people who are not vaccinated. Either way, if you know what your values are, it's not hard to fight. Let's start there, Stefan. Let's start there first. So, so obviously the Bills news came out this week. Well, I should say New York news came out this week that you know uh, the Bills stadium would be fine uh, with full capacity, and then mm-hmm. Mr. Polenkar has decided to come and hammer that down again with his uh, "you need to be vaccinated to go." 
Uh, and then I'm going to let you touch on this, but he also had a campaign event this week, and I don't believe there was a, a vaccination rule for that uh, event, was there? Absolutely not. Rules for thee, but not for me. So the Erie County executive is trying to ban people from going to Bill's games if they are not vaccinated. But he does not care about the health and safety of people, whether they're vaccinated or not vaccinated, as long as they're giving him campaign cash. And uh, it's my understanding that a fundraiser uh, to increase his campaign war chest, no one was asked if not, whether or not they were vaccinated. No one had to show a green card. But, and, and that's why I think it makes people so angry is the hypocrisy of these radical progressives who put in all these rules and regulations that they d- themselves don't follow. So whether he's drinking beer and going maskless at a, a golf outing or playing hockey with his mates while he's banning mm-hmm. kids from playing hockey, this is what angers people. Stefan, what do you think is in their brains? And I know this might be a scary thing for you to do, but when, when these, these hypocrites do this, what do they think is, the perception is? I don't think they care. It's yeah, all yeah. about power and control, and it's not about your health and safety, period. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the people uh, that I work with in politics, unfortunately, they're typically the, the weak kid that got beat up and slammed in lockers, and now uh, they get a little bit of power, it goes to their heads, and they're basically paying all those people back. So it, it has nothing to do with health, safety, you know, flattening the curve it has everything to do with their power and control and look the last time the county executive tried to pull this governor cuomo basically you know slapped him around a good one and put him back in his place and i I expect that to happen again yeah and stefan let's talk about these numbers because you have bills players uh actively going out there being unhappy about the rules the nfl's putting together you have uh you know a a town uh, or a pioneer school district that's saying we're not wearing masks anymore Cuomo came down on that this week you know if you look at the CDC's updated numbers between the ages of zero and 19 the survival rate is 99.997 percent and for those 20 to 49 it is 99.98 percent so these people that you're forcing masks on and you're forcing vaccines on there's a very near zero chance they're ever even affected by the virus, let alone if they die from it. And that's why we are in the middle of a political and cultural war, whether the issue is COVID or the Working Families Party and the defund police and critical race theory. This has nothing to do with health, wellness and safety. It has everything to do with these uh, extremist liberals, radical progressives that want to control every single aspect of our lives through government. Uh, And that's what this is all about. Make no mistake, people should wholeheartedly wake up and understand this has nothing to do with health and safety. It all has to do with power-hungry politicians who want to control every single aspect of our lives and raise taxes and increase lawlessness. I mean, again, you know, you look at the Working Families New York platform, it says right there, they want to raise taxes $94 billion, with a B, billion dollars, defund police, and bring critical race theory, not just to classrooms, but even town governments and local governments. So people really need to wake up and understand whether it's bogus numbers on COVID and still trying to implement restrictions and masks and, you know, six feet social distancing or defunding police or critical race theory. We are in a cultural war and we need to fight every minute of the day to win it. No question. Yeah. Not only do they want all the power, but they also want to erase. They want to cancel. So they don't even want you to remember what life was like. Um, We're on with Stefan Mahailu right now, Erie County Comptroller. We're going to take a quick break, Stefan. And if you can hold over for us. 
Absolutely. Awesome. We definitely want to hit on that whole idea of critical race theory. Um, folks, by the way, Stefan is running for Hamburg supervisor. So his campaign kickoff is on Tuesday, July 6th. That's at the Hamburg Moose Lodge, number 992, 45 Church Street in Hamburg, New York. You can um, join Stefan in the fight, the conservative fight, Hamburg supervisor race. You can contribute at www.votestefan.com. Uh, we'll be right back after a short break. We are Mike and Mike, the financial guys. We'll be right back with Stefan Mahailu. Thank you. Listening to the Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free at 800 616 wben And cell calls are free at Star 930. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. The Confederacy was all all of their secession documents went right Absolutely. to race and slavery. Um, it, there is this obsession right now with taking everything that talks about race, probably including your book, is probably soon going to be labeled critical race theory. You're at Harvard, yes, yes. where Derek Bell, of course, was one of the people who actually did And my classmate, theory. Kimberly and Crenshaw. And Kimberly Crenshaw, who we are desperately trying to get on the show. Your book is not critical race theory. Your book is about Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. um, but they're trying to label everything that they, makes them uncomfortable as, as a critical race theory. This is a guy named Christopher Rufo, who's at the, a conservative think tank, uh, at, at a conservative think tank, and he says the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We've decodified the term and we'll recodify it to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. Basically using critical race theory as a brand name. Oh, absolutely. It's a distraction. Uh, you're right. No one is teaching critical race theory K through 12. Just to be clear, can you just repeat it? It is a law school text. What is critical huh? race theory? Critical race te theory talks about the influence of race in American laws, even things that don't have to do specifically with the, they're not talking about race, very often they have a racial component to it. They have a racial impact and it permeates law. And so that's what people are, are thinking about. That's what Derek Bell and Kim well, write about. Lost Nobody's lost teaching critical race theory in any schools, Mike. Come on. Yeah, yeah, never, never. What, what, what's going on here? What, it's almost like saying Antifa doesn't exist. Right. Whoever thinks they exist, come on. And this is this is the same woman, and I will get in uh, uh, Stefan here in a second. This is the same woman saying, currently most K-12 through students already learn a kind of Confederate race theory, whereby the daughters of the Confederacy long ago imposed a version of history wherein slavery was not so bad. So she's saying, essentially, that right. schools are teaching that slavery is not bad. I, I, can, I can vouch for the fact that's not true, right? I went to school. 12 grades, 13 grades of kindergarten. Yeah. I was there. They didn't teach that. They no. never taught that slavery was okay and fine. Nobody ever. Nobody put that on the bright side of the American uh, dream sort no. of uh, ledger, you know? No. Stefan, what do you make of these things? I, I don't I don't think that you're an avid Joy Reid uh, follower or <laughs> watcher, but what do you think of the this nonsense? These are people that hate America. They hate our country. They hate our values. And they will do anything, anything to indoctrinate our children to, to make them feel guilty about their race, which is despicable. Yeah. Make no mistake, it's not just about schools, guys. It's about town governments. You know, these radical progressives, especially those in the Working Families Party, they run on this platform of defund police, the, of um, 
this kind of this critical race theory that we're talking about. They want to bring it into schools, governments. And look, even my wife and I have had discussions about sending our kids or not sending our kids to public schools. I mean, and, and as, as you gentlemen know right now, uh, as a matter of fact, at uh, I think it's 965 Union Road in West Seneca, they're having a massive chicken barbecue to support homeschooling right now hmm. going on, to support homeschooling so that uh, people don't send their kids to a public school to get indoctrinated with these radical progressives who think that critical race theory should be in our schools and our governments. It's sick and it's despicable. Yeah. Do you think there's enough of a resistance, at least forming, to put this sort of critical race theory flame out? The only way you're going to do it is this November in all of our local elections and to basically reject any person who runs on the Working Families Party line. Uh, I think there's going to be a huge, huge groundswell of opposition to these radicals who want to defund police, these radicals who want to indoctrinate our kids with critical race theory in our schools, mm -hmm. politicians who want to bring critical race theory into our government. So, guys, do whatever you can you know, to promote like-minded conservatives and political candidates who are running for office, and we need to make sure that we elect like-minded conservatives and people who resoundingly reject this despicable, disgusting defund police movement and even worse from uh, critical race theory uh, in our schools. So, mm -hmm. again, people can right now in the short term go support that chicken barbecue across in the South Key Plaza on Union to support homeschooling. But in the long term, we got to get out the vote in November and uh, defeat these radicals, especially any despicable politician who runs on the working families line. Yeah. Well, what's amazing about this, too, is for this party, the, the Democratic Party and the, and, the, and the progressives, too, I mean, all they talk about is getting rid of racism. We got we to gotta get rid of racism. Racism's bad. But yet all they do is talk about it at every level of government. They, they, right. You're keeping it in the national media. You're keeping it in the upfront of everyone's mind. The more you talk about you know, it's not going to go away if you just keep talking about it and calling every white person a racist. It's never going right. to go away. Right. And I and I, I what I was really encouraged by and and you could find a lot of these types of clips maybe not on the mainstream media but there was a, a black gentleman that had mm -hmm. two doctoral degrees yep. yep and he was absolutely furious but extremely articulate in saying this is a bunch of you know what yep you you're gonna tell me that a whole bunch of white people are who got me my two doctoral degrees yep you're gonna tell me that it was them that really allowed me to do this. No way. You know, I, yep. I have to really paraphrase because he was fired up. Um, but I, I just love that there are more and more people like him coming out and saying, no, yep. this is not true. And Tyrus on Fox News did the same thing. He yep. said, you know, I worked hard to get to where I yep. am. I didn't get that handed to me. And that's what everybody has to do. I don't care yep. what the color of your skin is. You have to work your tail off to yep. get to where you want to be. Extremely insulting. And, and making excuses is not the answer. They see it as extremely insulting, yep. as is this. Um, Stefan, so um, what, what's more un-American than saying that we should replace the United States flag? Well, that's what Macy Gray should, uh, feels we should do. I just have to say this. Hey, Macy, move to Canada. All right, if you want a different flag, you want to be represented by a different flag, move to Canada. We will not miss you. A lot of what, perks up there, a lot of perks. Perfect health care up there. You don't have freedom to walk outside your door because right. COVID might kill you. Stefan, does anyone yeah. hate America more than someone like Macy Gray? It's despicable. I mean, move to Canada, but they didn't <laughs> even let you in because the <laughs> shut down because of COVID restrictions. Right. So, you know, it, it drives me insane because... You know, my family fled a communist regime to come to America based on 
the ideals and symbolism of the freedoms that it represents. And these scumbags want to turn America into the same communist regime that my family fled in order to escape uh, this regime. It's absolutely despicable. And that's why we just need smart voters in November. If you don't like America, get the hell out. Leave. If you want to be a socialist and start a hippie commune in Montana, God bless America, pack up your bags, Mm -hmm. go. But don't impose that these radical beliefs on me or my kids in school. Why are we even having this discussion about critical race theory in schools? Why? How about you just teach math, reading, (laughs) writing, history, and and not worry about indoctrinating kids with the false premise that all white people are the devil and horrible racists? Why don't you teach kids? I mean, look at the graduation levels and rates in some of our public schools. Maybe improve that first before trying to indoctrinate my children that they are some sort of a, a racist devil right. with the color of their skin. Well, yeah. and what's amazing, too, I don't think some of these people understand what poverty really is, right? Poverty in our country is not like poverty in other countries, right? I don't think some of these people really understand what communism and socialism really is, right? Mm-hmm. They say they do. They preach it all day long. But at the end of the day, they don't really know what that means and what that will mean for them and their lives, not just everybody else's. Well, these liberal extremists in the Working Families Party, uh, they suck their thumb in the fetal position of their mom's, you know, Spalding Lake basement with their $200 leather shoes and their iPad and their $1,500 iPhone. And they're trying to tell us that they're oppressed and white people are the problem. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. It's, it's these, again, Working Families Party liberal extremists who literally just make up problems in their head. Because you want to be angry and negative all day long. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. We appreciate you guys for spreading the good word and just, again, having like-minded conservatives go to the ballot box yeah. and just beat the snot <laughs> of these people in November. No doubt. And, um, hey, just in the last 45 seconds or so, Stefan, what's going on in Erie County, and how's your campaign going? Campaign's going great. Thanks for thanks for uh, plugging the fundraiser. Nothing sure. makes a, a liberal more angry than donating to Stefan Mahalik. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt about that. <laughs> By the way, Stefan, I got some angry tweets because you retweeted a tweet of ours. So just just right on cue. You want to anger Antifa? My chicken barbecue. It's a fundraiser. Uh, July sixth, the Moose Lodge here in the village, yep. five thirty to seven thirty. And I, I greatly appreciate you helping me spread the good word. Awesome. Thanks again for your visit, Stefan. Talk to you soon. All right. <laughs> All right, Stefan Mihailu uh, to run for Hamburg Supervisor. You can vote for Stefan at votestefan.com. A great event coming up there in the village of Hamburg at the Hamburg Moose Lodge. Campaign kickoff Tuesday, July 6th. That's at, let's see, 5.30 to 7.30. So support Stefan, one of the true conservative warriors out there, folks. Um, we need to support more, more and more people like Stefan. Yep. All right, we will be taking a quick break here. And uh, don't turn the dial, folks. We still have lots and lots of awesome guests. Mike and Mike. Coming back with Sheriff Daniels coming next. Sheriff Mark Daniels next, folks. Don't go away.
The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It's time to talk money. Open the curtain, please. We are introducing New York State Clean Hand Sanitizer made conveniently by the state of New York. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. This is a superior product to products now on the market. Purell, competitor, New York State Clean. It has a very nice floral bouquet, little I detected, lilac, hydrangea, tulips, what is my like? Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. You've got Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza actually in for Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas this weekend. We are the financial guys, folks, and uh, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. Uh, we do manage money for a living. Mike, you head up our property and casualty. We call it TFG Home and Auto. Uh, not just homes and auto, but all sorts of things you guys oh, can yeah. help insure. Businesses, recreational vehicles, you name it. Yep. Anything that can be insured, we can probably do it for you. Pets? Uh, we do have pet insurance. Yeah. See, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was supposed to be a joke, and it's actually true. You can actually help insure pets. Yep. Um, we, we do a lot of things, folks. So we manage wealth. You're going to be talking, uh, we're going to be talking with Paul Meeks, one of our chartered financial analysts, a little bit later in the show. Um, I'm a social security claiming strategist, so I can help you at those key moments, along with my partner in crime, Ron Reinstein, back at our office, um, to decide when to claim social security. Not to help you do it. That's pretty easy. You can go online. You can make a phone call. But when to do it can be critical in terms of a fortified income plan for retirement. And uh, we also have Medicare covered, health insurance pre-Medicare um, all sorts of good stuff we do, folks. So 833-FIN-GUYS. And you, if you do listen to us on Saturdays, we do appreciate it. You can also like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at FinGuys. Find and listen to our podcast, folks. Mike and Glenn have been doing a, the Financial Guys podcasts uh, for quite some time now. They have Moving the Goalposts this week. Mike, you and I did our TFG Truth podcast and uh, had a great guest. Yeah. Yeah, Rob Orton, that'll be following us today on Facebook again. Awesome. It was yeah. uh, it was a big hit, actually a big hit within our office, and then yep. everyone was saying, you got to play this again. Yep. He, he was great, and yep. he really is great. Another good guy like Stefan Mahailu, another conservative, someone who's who's willing to step up and take all the heat that they, they take, but you know, all in the interest of helping us. And, and he uh, goes into a lot with us about some stuff that hasn't been uh, passed through yet, but that they're looking to pass through. And just right. to give you one example, a 55 cent gas tax he talked to us about. Right. 55 cents per gallon gas tax he yes. talked to us about. Yes. So folks, if you're if you're spending, let's say, $30, $40 a week, be ready to spend, what, $50, $60 a right. week. Right. If, if this happens, yep. right? Um, so again, folks, the other easier way, I guess, to find us, thefinancialguys.com, thefinancialguys.com. And uh, you can check out everything about us, all of the key players in our firm and all the act academy events and uh, so forth. We have a really special guest returning. Um, we actually interviewed this gentleman on our TFG Truth podcast a couple times now. Yeah, twice, yeah. And um, we are super excited to have Mr. Sheriff Mark Daniels, Cochise County, Arizona, Border security expert and frequent Fox News contributor. 
Mr. Daniels, thanks again for joining Mike. And Mike. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's great to be back on your show again. And you threw me a little bit when you said the word expert. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You don't you don't consider yourself a border security expert there on the Arizona border? <laughs> well, after 37 years of working this border and seeing the ebb and flow of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the ugly again that we're living now, uh, I guess there are some thoughts behind that, but I just the word throws me. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you are, in our opinion. Um, we can certainly um, share what we think and what we might hear, but you actually share what you're experiencing, what you and all of your wonderful folks are doing down there. So just briefly, any improvement on the border since we last talked probably a month ago or so? Uh, sadly to say no. And with that statement comes the consistency of the administration failing to act or set a plan for the to address the border, uh, Mike. And so what we're dealing with is a quasi-border that's uh, being exploited by the cartels. And I'm, I tell you, we're heading for a true tragedy beyond the 220 people that die every day in drug overdoses because the drugs are flowing through our border. All five classifications of drugs are up on the southwest border, mainly because of this failed border policy that's being acted out today. And then you look at the human, the human side of this, the humanitarian side of this, uh, the national security side, and then the public safety side that affects every community in the United States, not just mine. Hmm. Sheriff Daniels, did you say 220 people per day dying from those drugs? Yes, 220 a day are dying, uh, dying uh, opiate overdoses, and that's happened. That's happened in every community in the United States. Uh, a lot of them are being saved because of Narcan. That's in my respected community and beyond. Uh, that's been the miracle drug to bring a lot of these uh, people back. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot are not attended to quick enough, and they die. So, for an administration that prides themselves on the health of everyone, being vaccinated, getting that type of stuff done, mm -hmm. and and social distancing and mask wearing. For some reason, we're just leaving out that population of people that are just dying of drug overdoses every day because of these drugs coming through. That, that's exactly right. And, and I tell you, 90% of all the illicit drugs in the country come through the southwest border. I'm one of the 31 border counties that represents the southwest border. And, and it just amazes me, the, the I've said this before, the intellectual avoidance by this administration to address border security. All we see is <laughs> pictures of Texas, those emotional fractures that we see in Texas. But what you're not seeing is the cartel exploitation of this, the the deaths in our deserts. I mean, we, we got record heats again down here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, my rescue teams are out. Uh, we're dealing with the public safety side of this, uh, the drugs, you name it. Uh, and why they sit there and act like this is not even an issue. That's And that just highlights the cruelty of not having an appropriate policy down there. Um, someone else who seems to have this intellectual avoidance, as you're calling it, and I know we, we might get slammed by the FCC if you actually you know, used words that we might use in our office because we're so disgusted by this, but Vice President Kamala Harris still can't find her way down to the border. It's, I think, 87 days now. Today is 87. Yeah. And it's sad when we actually have a countdown, just like they had the COVID number of days. You know, yep. Now we have a number of days that are uh, the person assigned, by the way, the person that was charged to fix or help fix the border crisis has not gone down. Although she does have time to hold a bipartisan, right? That all sounds great, but it's an all female just to, to have a bit of division here, right? Cause they're about division. She can hold that event and she just cannot get down there to that border. Even though she has her own plane, Sheriff, has anyone from the white house reached out to you? Um, I know we talked about the association that you were a part of, 
that they basically said, no, we're, we're going to basically disband that association of sheriffs. Has anybody reached out to you, one of the specialists, on how to fix this thing? No. We've met with Secretary Orcas, whether in person one time or three times virtual. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, which I appreciate him meeting with a handful of sheriffs from Southwest, Western, and, and, and National, unfortunately, we're not seeing any action as a result of it. The messaging has not changed. Uh, the prioritization of the southwest border and all our borders has not changed. We're, we're just in status quo. Uh, going back to Vice President Harris, I mean, when she did the interview with Lester Holt on NBC, I mean, mm-hmm. the big topic of discussion down here on the border because we look at those interviews uh, because that is our hope. That is our hope that she's going to focus that attention and I get she's going to these, uh, the national, excuse me, the Northern Triangle, but you've got to come see Americans on the southwest border. Right. And what she said in that interview was frustrating and, let me just say, insulting to everybody who wears the badge from local, state, and federal. And, and to be our second most powerful leader in the world, uh, that is disappointing beyond. How, how frustrated and discouraged that many of the folks that you lead must feel. Sheriff, can you stick with us after a very short break? We want to talk about how governors of the various uh, border states are now actually reaching out and helping each other. Um, if the federal government isn't doing it, they're saying, you know what? We're going to protect our citizens. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And uh, do you have just a, another few moments? Sure. Awesome. Folks, you're listening to Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza on the Financial Guys Radio Network. We are speaking right now with Sheriff Mark Daniels, Cochise County, Arizona, border security specialist, expert. He's often found on Fox News to uh, say what he knows, and he knows a lot. So, folks, stay with us. We're going to be right back to, to continue with Sheriff Mark Daniels in just a moment. You're listening to The Financial Guys. This is the show where money meets politics. I'm your host today, Glenn Wiggle, here with Mike Lomas. It's time to talk money. Do you know what he's done? The gap between the rich and the poor is going down. We've got 3.6% unemployment rates. Do you know what this man is doing? The media will come out as the lapdogs, you know, kissing the butt of the Democrat Party. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. All righty, welcome back. You've got the financial guys, Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in studio this weekend. And uh, happy Father's Day, folks. Uh, any of those fathers out there, tomorrow is Father's Day 2021. And uh, all of you fathers out there taking good care of your spouses and your children and your grandchildren, good for you. It's your weekend, I guess, right? At That's least right. part of it, Sunday. Um, enjoy yourselves. Um, weather up here in Western New York is just outstanding. I mean, that's it's what's sometimes a little bit frustrating. You know, a lot of people are fleeing New York for many, many reasons. But this is one of the most beautiful places in the country right now. Yep. I mean, yep. re- literally, the like beginning of June, even all the way through mid-September, it's gorgeous here. Just gorgeous, and we're enjoying it. Um, glad you're joining us, folks, if you're listening. We have got Sheriff Mark Daniels, Cochise County, Arizona, Um, literally right at the border, folks, seeing the results of a failed border policy. Failed because our Vice President Kamala Harris cannot take the advice of her her boss, President Joe Biden, who charged her with becoming the the, the sort of the border crisis, uh, you know, fixer. The fixer, right? She is avoiding it 
every day. She goes down and goes to Guatemala, goes to Mexico, because she thinks that's where the root causes are. Right. Guess right. what? There are there are um, like right now there are causes. <laughs> the, the the causes can can wait. There are people dying as they right. try to get into America, and people dying as Mr. Mark Daniels has said. 222 people per day in the country dying of opioid overdose. In his sheriff, you said in your county, right? Not the country, in your county from that, correct? No, that's that's nationwide. That's nationwide. That's nationwide. Okay. okay. And, and and sheriff, when I look at stats, that was like not long ago about 100 people per day, which was sad. But now we've more than doubled that. It's it's the number one killer of people under the age of 50 right now, <laughs> and. Nobody's talking about that, and it's so frustrating. And the overdoses we see in our community, uh, and I know respective communities, I, and I would challenge anybody, go talk to a paramedic or an EMS or somebody who works in your local fire department's ambulance service and ask that question about overdoses. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you what, what's going on. And let me just say, so, so since the last time we spoke, you definitely seem a little bit more frustrated and agitated with what's going on, and, and rightfully so. We are just as frustrated as you are, and probably not as much because you're dealing with it every day. But... You know, I feel like if, if she just went down to the border or if or if they just had regular contact with you guys, that would probably go a long way, right? They don't need to necessarily be there every day of the week, but just some kind of, hey, here, mm -hmm. we're looking to help. We're trying to get this done with you. What can we do? How can we help you? That would probably go a long way, wouldn't it? It, it really would. It'd go a long way just for the messaging, too. And that's something mm -hmm. I think really hard is right now the message, when we address the folks that are being smuggled into the United States, They'll tell you the reason they're coming is because the border's open based on President Biden's lack of message to secure this border. They will tell you that. The cartels know it and are uh, acting on it every day, every minute. They are pushing people from the different cartels into the United States to include drugs. Yeah. So in the absence of federal leadership, of federal funding, of federal policy enforcement, we're seeing governors like Ron DeSantis of Florida, helping governors like Mr. Abbott of Texas. What do you think about that? I mean, is, is, I, would, I don't want to say it's unprecedented that a governor would sort of say, hey, we need to send help, like to the tune of, of, of like up to a thousand, um, you know, police officers. National Guard or something. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, is it, is it unprecedented? I, I don't want to exaggerate this, but what do you think when you hear governors now have to step up to help one another? Well, first of all, I should be disappointed to every American that you got state governors, and I understand the sovereignty between state and federal, but you have and, – and international borders is a federal mandate. It's a constitutional mandate for the federal government to secure our borders. So that's where it's disappointing. So now you have state governors, my governor, Governor Ducey, and the state of Arizona who's led this charge with Governor Abbott uh, to work with the other 48 governors to say, hey, we need help down here. And I was working my governor's office this week about – addressing the resources down here. We already have the National Guard in my county signed to the sheriff's office that has been instrumental in what we're trying to do down here. But uh, having outside law enforcement, trained law enforcement come to our state is just another step where governors are as frustrated as uh, Border Patrol, CBP, uh, mayors, sheriffs, all the way through. And uh, why this administration sits in Washington, D.C. is probably being served lunch about this time, and we're down here trying to combat and keep my officers and communities safe. Yeah. You know, we often hear that phrase like until it hits rock bottom, something doesn't get fixed or, you know, there's not an acknowledgement. What <laughs> what does rock bottom look like to you, Sheriff Daniels? 
I don't know. As I said in the opening, I've had 37 years of working this border. And in the 90s, we had a big influx. I was asked this by media, another media outlet the other day. And it said, Sheriff, what's the difference between now and the 90s? In the 90s, we catch groups of 20, 30 sitting on a corner. We pull up, give them water, very cordial. We'd have conversations. Border Patrol pick them up and actually process them, process them back into uh, Mexico. The difference we have now is that message and that support to deport them is not there. So it's concerning to us because the violence has, over the last 20 years, is totally different along with the cartels. So it's a much more violent um, enemy we're dealing with when it comes to the cartels. We see that every day, whether it be pursuits, fights, whatever it may be, and, and that's an ongoing. I've had citizens actually tell me they're staying off our main highways right now because the pursuits are so deadly because uh, these cartel uh, smugglers will do whatever it takes to get at 100 miles an hour through our communities. We, we're just clearing highways. That's how bad it's getting. Wow. Somebody's going to be killed out here, and it already happened in my county. We've had uh, some people die in our county already, but I worry when it comes to law enforcement, my community members, uh, every day about this. And a lot of these folks out there want to defund the police, too. So on top of it, your border's wide open, and then we want to get rid of all the people that can help us, right? That That's the other slap in the face that I think they keep doing is, you know, talk of defund or change the way policing is, and then you have a, a border wide open. And like you said, these are not, you know, friendly people coming up every day. They're not They're not your uh, Class A citizen that you want just, you know, running your streets, right? I mean, it's, it's, some of these people are very scary, scary, dangerous people. Oh, you, that that's that's well stated. It truly is, and that's not and that's not what's being put out there. And it needs to be out there because cartels are ruthless, organized criminal um, enterprise that works both within the United States and in Mexico. And I'm telling you, they they don't care about Americans. And it amazes me. Look at the people dropping the kids from the wall in Texas. That's cartel driven. They don't care about mm-hmm. the four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and then the drugs, 220 people that are dying every day in this country. They don't care about the quality of life and the patriotic views that we all embrace. They don't care about that. What they care is making a dollar and, and running the organization through fear and violence. And one last thing I have. So so uh, President Trump recently said this week, I believe it was, that he's going to get down there and, and, and talk to some people and and uh, do what he can to help the border situation as well. Can you just dive in briefly before we finish about it? Was there a difference between the Trump administration and this Biden administration? Was it not? Was it not a big of an issue because the border was closed? Can you kind of touch on that for us in here in Buffalo, New York, because we're not seeing what you're seeing down there? Oh, I can do that. Let me do it by stats, not by politics. Uh, let me just say this. Politics has no business in the policing game that we deal with, whether local, state, or federal. But let me share that with stats. 200,000 getaways. These are people that have been seen on cameras here on the southwest border that have got away, been seen, have got away into the United States. 1,100 a day are getting away on the southwest border. They're actually seen and not captured. We have no idea. They're camouflaged up from head to toe, and they're getting in communities throughout the United States. That's national security at its, at its worst. Second of all, if you look at just my camera system, we have a very robust camera system. Last year at this time off my camera system, the sheriff's office camera system, we had 1,500 illegal entries, 300 a month in the first five months. <laughs> this year we've had 15,300 and some off our camera system, 40 drug smugglers, and over 800 pounds of illicit drugs just off my little camera system. My point is this, that, yeah, we're in a different time right now. The difference was the message by by President Trump compared 
the lack of messages by President Biden. And to be honest with you, if they just maybe called you guys down there, and I'm speaking of this current administration, if maybe they just did a call with you, a Zoom meeting, let's call it, so they didn't even have to come down there, maybe these stats would help them make a decision that's for the better of your citizens and the rest of the country. 100% agree on that. And then on behalf of the National Sheriff Association, we sent a letter over a month ago to President Biden requesting a in-person meeting with the president on behalf of national sheriffs to date we have heard nothing back <laughs> tell you what we uh it's always a treat to talk to you but it's also so sad to, to talk to you sheriff um you're right in the thick of it i i honestly and sincerely mean this i wish you safety everyone who you lead at the border i wish them all safety throughout this um increasingly hotter summer increasingly more active summer of border Insecurity. I mean, you're doing the very, very best you can with everyone you've got, all the technology, but you're getting zero support from the federal government. So, again, we appreciate you, Sheriff Mark Daniels of Cochise County. Um, Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for what you guys do and help us share the message. And and happy Father's Day to your viewers and yourself. Uh, Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Likewise, Sheriff. Sheriff Mark Daniels, just an absolutely... Outstanding, outstanding new guest and friend of ours. Um, just a guy of high integrity. It gets worse and worse every time we talk. It does. To him, it does. It and really and does. I, I did sense like the sort of not a resignation because I don't think a guy like him gives up. Right. But uh, you know, it, it gets to a point where there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so yep. many boots on the ground, so yep. to speak. And there are just too many people coming across that border, too many drugs, too many sex traffickers, child traffickers, children coming over that border, and in some cases not making it across the border. And if you're a young guy or girl, is that a, a job that you want right now down there, right? No, I mean, you, you no. couldn't pay me, and I respect no. those guys and girls. You couldn't pay me. Right, yeah. We're going to take a quick break, folks. Uh, if you think like us. 833-FIN-GUYS. I'm Mike Hayflake, Mike Sparaza, here in studio for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. Um, Happy Father's Day, fathers. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, You're listening to The Financial Guys here on The Financial Guys Radio Network. You're listening to The Financial Guys Radio Network with guest host Mike Hayflake. Need your weekly Glenn and Mike fix? Check out their podcast, available on all streaming platforms and YouTube. New episodes are released every single week. Now, here's Mike Hayflick. All righty, welcome back. Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in studio this weekend. And uh, the show goes by so fast. Oh my gosh. It's really, it's a, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of great guests, a lot of specialists. We like yeah. to host on our TFG Truth podcast, by the way, specialists, people who are in the know, uh, our mantra, report facts, expose hypocrisy, and espouse common sense. And this week we talked to New York State Assembly Minority Leader Rob Ord. It was a great, great interview. We decided that we're going to actually run that on Facebook Live right after this show. So if you're not sure about Facebook, and I'll be one to stand in line and say, (laughs) I really don't know how to navigate through a lot of this stuff. But if you do know how, or you can get some help, Facebook Live right after this show, um, Rob Ord. Yep, just go to the Financial Guys Facebook page, and there'll be a post there, and it'll automatically come up, and you just press play. Beautiful. Easy peasy. I could do that. 
<laughs> I could do that. So um, if you can't do it right after the show, folks, find it on YouTube and all the other episodes of TFG Truth. Yep. And wherever you listen to your podcast, folks, Mike and Glenn do their fi The Financial Guys podcast. Moving the goalpost is their topic this week. So have to believe it's a bit COVID related. Let's let's hear. Let's see yep. what they had to say. Yep. Um, so uh, lots going on. Um, I, I just wanted to throw this out to you, Mike. In New York, restrictions lifted. Everyone's sort yes. of overjoyed, and I, I have to agree. I, I'm excited that finally, finally, it seemed like it would never happen, but restrictions are lifted. Um, why is Emperor Cuomo, though, still with unlimited power, unfettered power still? It doesn't matter. He had a fireworks display, so everything's great. Give him what he needs. Give him, Keep the powers. Keep the powers. He fixed the state. Everything's good to go. And Honestly, uh, can anybody, yeah. if anyone knows, like, can anyone call us and just remind us that, you know, because maybe we are. Are we still in like a state of emergency right now? Because that's when a governor can take over and just have like, you know, much more power, take, make quick decisions. There's no time to get the legislature involved. But are we in a state of emergency? Well, I, I mean, and, and obviously everything I just said, I was I was joking about, but it, it is amazing. I mean, you know, we, we've been past COVID the way it was 12 months ago for months now, right? right. And and he comes out and he this big press conference when we're going to do fireworks display. Like, he saved the world. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Right. He's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, he's about as, he's probably the biggest narcissist there might be on the planet. As he's under an investigation <laughs> for yeah. uh, sexual harassment. Yep. And there there is evidence that he potentially killed thousands of people. Right. With yeah. his policies during this don't, pandemic don't don't look too closely folks nothing to see there right um we're gonna go to the phone lines and uh we're gonna bring in mike mike from west seneca another mike we only we only take calls only from take, mike that's right, right. <laughs> no just kidding kevin from pendleton <laughs> you're up you're up on deck how, how are you doing mike but don't don't name your son mike <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny we didn't have a son, but we called my daughter Michaela, spelled Michael with an A. So, yeah, we kind of did, my wife and I, go that route. So how are you, sir? Very tricky. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? As far as Kamala Harris going on the southern border, I've been thinking for a long time. They got the inside information. They know all the variants that these uh, people have, the kids have, mm -hmm. sent them all over the country. Even though they're vaccinated, I'm thinking, you know what? They're afraid of catching them and dying. Is that <laughs> Am I nuts or what? I don't think you are. I, I think it's it's sort of proof as we watch things unfold. I, I mean, you would think like it was always about, OK, we've got a social distance. We've got to wear masks. We've got to hunker down. We did that. Then the science started rolling out. Then it was vaccines. Ah, Trump will never get vaccines you know, done. And doggone it, he did. Yep. Right. He did. He got Operation Warp Speed, got vaccines, got vaccines. Um, started putting them into people's arms. But that still wasn't enough, Mike, right? That wasn't enough. Now you've got, what, 70% of people, at least I think, in, in it was, and you pointed this out, it was people over 18, 70% of people in, in Western New York have been yep. vaccinated. Yep. That's still not enough, though, Mike. So do you think it ever ends? Do you think it's ever enough? I think it's just the beginning on scaring people and getting them controlled yeah yes sir and do whatever they want you to do yeah all these people coming from other countries that have been here to get away from communism i've actually heard some interviews on the radio and one of the women was saying it's going to be worse than it was over in communist soviet union she goes yeah and she had experience i, I wish i had the details but i i think i've heard this mike and and I was really floored by that because here she is, someone who left a country 
that was socialist, that, that I think maybe even went to communism. And here she is saying, you, you, you know, we're right on that same path. Right. Really scary. And again, as we've said earlier on the show, ages 0 to 19, 99.997% sur- mm-hmm. survival rate. Uh, 20 to 49, 99.98% survival rate. Mm-hmm. They've shut down the whole country for that. Yep. Right? And yep. you've ruined so many lives and hurt so many people for for something that truly, yes, of course it's killed people, and that's it's yep. sad, right? We're not disagreeing with that. We're not saying it's not a virus, but it, it's it's something that the numbers show that we should be at work. We should be at school. We shouldn't have to wear masks everywhere. No doubt. And and as Lomas often says, they've looked at COVID in a box, yep. right? They, they're just thinking COVID is the only thing going on in life. Yep. People are not trying to make a living, keep their businesses going. We're not trying to educate children anymore. Yep. We're not trying to get treated for our heart disease and our diabetes and our strokes and all these other things that we have always been afflicted by. We're not trying to keep the border safe. No. Yep. No. So, yep. Mike, thank you for your call. Don't be a stranger, okay? Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, we all know there's an ulterior motive. Yeah, oh. yeah, I think it's evident at this point, no doubt about it. Thank you, Mike from West Seneca. Great points, great yeah. points. Yeah. And uh, he's right, I, I don't know who it was, but they, the, this woman comes on and she basically says, I've seen it, I've been there, yep. and we're heading that way. And it's yep. it's pretty scary. Yep. If we don't, as, as Stefan said, we've got to get to the grassroots levels, the school boards, the villages, the towns. We've got to get leadership back at the helm yep. that are basically the, those that have common sense yeah. that let us live our lives the whole idea of freedom and liberty right make your own choice make your own choices yep. and uh we just don't have that right now no nope. what else do we have going on here um u.s soccer star megan rapinoe yeah oh this is this was just and it was really funny to me yes. this this week we were joking about this yes anyone who uh i mean i know what victoria's secret is I don't have any items by Victoria's Secret, but um, so listen. And anyone who thought that the the models, right, those those beautiful women, um, that would you know basically be the spokespeople, I guess, yep. for Victoria's Secret, um, that's that's offensive now. Mm-hmm. So having beautiful people, right, um, in in that whatever line of clothing, models, whatever, you would call whatever. them male They're and models. female models. We but would, we yeah. can't call yeah. them models. Yeah. And, and they actually called them their angels. Can't call them angels nope. now, Mike. No, nope. we can't even call them spokeswomen. I'm sure. Nope. However, Megan Rapinoe is somebody who they would like to sort of parade around, I guess, in, in their garm, you know, I, garments, I, I guess so. Yep. Laundry. So supermodels are now canceled. It's clearly offensive to be beautiful. And racist. To make, make it's racist to be racist. beautiful. Racist, yep. yeah, making yep. a living being beautiful and, and promoting whatever it is, whatever yep. company or whatever product you're promoting. Yep. You just can't be pretty. You can't, and a lot of smart women there too, I'm sure, yep. that these, these, these women don't rise up to the levels of supermodels yep. by being dumb. These yep. are smart. Or lazy. Beautiful, very energetic women yep. making a great living, I'm sure. But now that is racist. So, all right, Megan Rapinoe, soccer star. I have no problem with you being an entrepreneur, right? Capitalistic and all that. Didn't she say some really wonderful things, like real politically correct things? Yeah, yeah. She tweeted something, and I I have the tweet here, so just bear with me while I pull it up. This is a uh, politically correct police officer here. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just pull it up. It's in my text to you because I text you things a million times a day. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> True. Why don't you keep going while I look yeah, at that? So, there we go. Yes. But, but the bottom line is, 
anything that the left seems to do, whether it's to the conservatives or to each other, yeah. it's okay. Yep. We're, we're going to either ignore it or it should be forgiven, right? And, and here's that tweet. This is from 10 years ago. Okay. okay. All right. You look Asian with those eyes, excuse me, with those closed eyes. Okay. So the, the same people that tell us every day that we're racist or we're, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're unfair to people or, you know, these are the same people. This is not the first one either. Right. A Chrissy Teigen's another one, right? right? That was out there, the politically correct police, and she's bullying people on her phone. So these are the same people that want all these you know, rules for them, but then for, you know, for everybody else, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Can't Can't do do it. Can't do it. Just, it's just disgusting. The the group of people that they want sort of leading the charge and being kind of those spokespersons, it's just disgusting. It is. They couldn't choose worse people. um, And then they want to replace decent people. Yep. Um, It just doesn't really just seems to never end. Nope. Um, We're going to be coming up on a quick break, but um, we're going to actually bring in our life insurance specialist, Mr. Charles Sparaza. I think the first thing you should do is say, Happy Father's Day. I, I'm going to tell him tomorrow. Okay. i got to see him tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> so, hey, Charlie, uh, Mike, Mike's going to give you his greetings tomorrow on the Father's Day front. Okay. Listen, I, w- I won't be offended. I'm not a weakling like the rest of the public. <laughs> You're not a snowflake. I know that. You're as far from. What's the opposite of a snowflake? That's you. Hell. He's <laughs> hell. <laughs> he, he's, like a, he's like an iceberg, this guy. <laughs> how, how are you? <laughs> And Parmesan, and I'm dealing with this nonsense, and I'm listening to some of the things you guys say. You know what the sad part about all this is? Yeah. This is life. Nobody said it was easy. Nobody said it was fair. Yeah. Hey, jump out the window. You should fall up, not down, right? That's not fair. You fall down. We got to wake up and stop with the nonsense and stop addressing this goofball governor. Stay away from him. The more you talk about him, he thinks he's a hero. But let me get to the real topic. Mm-hmm. So here's what I here's, I had some calls this week, and it's interesting that. People are calling me and they're saying, this is what happens when people talk, they're saying that if you die from COVID, the insurance company's not paying the claim. (laughs) This is what they're asking me. I said, whoever told you that, go back and tell them to stay out of the life insurance business. That's not true at all. Because then we could turn around and say, you got cancer, we're not paying. You got diabetes, we're not paying. They could go on forever saying they're not going to pay anything. It's not true. If you die from anything... That, that you were unaware of, or you, if you didn't lie, within the first two years, that's the only time they have a chance to challenge you. After that, if you died from cancer or you died from COVID, you, whatever, they have to pay the claim. I just want to make the listeners make that very clear. Mm-hmm. That is not a, a thing to say, oh, we're not paying. Well, I think you always say this too, Dad. You you got to always be careful who you listen to and where you hear stuff from because people don't always get the facts right, and then they tell people who tell people who tell other people, mm-hmm. and before you know it, there's bad information going on everywhere. It's like the financial guys. I mean, they said they can get 42%. Who told them that? Who said that? When, when are we getting 42% returns? Right. This is what happens out there. People make stuff up, and then they pass it along, and in the end, it comes back to bite them. But but I want to make it clear to your listeners: somebody dies of COVID, they're getting paid. They're yeah, paid from the carrier. Good, and and you're in the know because you actually deal with these cases all the time. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting. Um, we do on the financial side of things. We you know we often, I don't know. We I guess I'll just say we we end up getting 
people's accounts from other firms. Yeah. And when, when I hear some of the, the stories and some of the, the grievances that people have and then decide to come on board with us, I'm actually floored by it because it, it comes right down to almost negligence of taking care of people. And by the way, folks, we do manage money for a living. And, and, and many of us as wealth management advisors, um, we are fiduciarily held to be responsible to you. So fiduciarily, meaning we have to do what's right by you. But you see it all the time, how huh? you see people basically getting either hoodwinked or getting some story that, that they believe is the truth. It's, and it's not. And I'm going to just give you one quick thing. I'm going to let you guys go. I serviced in the early part of the year five claims, death claims. They were heart attacks. They were kidney failure. They were this. <laughs> Every single one of them at the, the last part, the item number five, COVID. Didn't die from COVID, but it's on the death certificate. I had one client that actually died from, from the COVID. One. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be understood that all the stats, all the numbers that they're running, I can tell you just from what I've seen, and I kept the death certificates. So I, if people want to challenge me, come mm -hmm. challenge me. I'll show you what they look like. Yeah. It said what, what, what they told these doctors to do just to cover this COVID-19 gig. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, destroying industries, destroying businesses, Around really destroying children's education, setting them and back youth, years. And youth. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sad. I said, I feel bad for the people, but you know what? The only way to get it out is to keep doing what we do, yep. telling the people, hey, that's not true. Show me the proof. Don't tell me. Show me. Anybody wants to challenge me, come in. I'll show you the proof. Absolutely. You know, happy Father's Day to all you fathers. Mike, I'll catch up with you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. Thanks, Charlie. Happy Father's <laughs> Day to you, too. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. All right. Charles Sparaz, our life insurance specialist of many decades. Um, he knows things that I, I think he knows more than I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's how I just, he's like this, this, yeah. I don't know, the old days of encyclopedias, I guess. But yeah. but he he's so right. Like, don't trust folks. Have, have what we call a measured, smart trust. You don't want to get into relationships where there's distrust. Of course, you don't want to do that. But don't just have some leap of faith like a blind trust. Have a smart trust. Get to know the people you're going to work with. Make sure that you, you trust them because they do what they say they were going to do. Right? Don't just assume, folks. Don't assume. I think of this when I think of you and what you do, Mike. Don't assume you're getting the best coverages on your homes, your automobiles, your umbrella policies. Have those things reviewed. Work with people you can trust. And again, not just because we're on the radio, but because we show you that you, you can trust us, that we're trustworthy. And I think it's too, you got to go to the expert, right? I think people sometimes, and again, I'm not saying don't trust your parents, your siblings, your friends, your family, but sometimes they get stuff from certain people and then they don't realize that that information is not correct, right? That's right. Exactly. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to be back for our final segment here. This is our uh, Father's Day edition, I guess. And uh, sit tight, okay? You've got Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza. We are the financial guys. Um, have a, had a great show so far. It's not over yet. Um, I hope you're having a great weekend. Um, after a quick break, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. 
Alrighty, welcome back. Winding down on this Father's Day edition of The Financial Guys. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Hope, you, hope you're having a great weekend and you have a great Sunday. Um, I want to go to the text board, but then bring in our guest, Paul Meeks, Chartered Financial Analyst, frequent guest on CNBC's financial show Squawk Box, Squawk Alley, as well as a stock portfolio manager. He's a member of our Independent Solutions Wealth Management team. And the reason I wanted to bring Paul on was, well, first of all, he's just a darn right good guy, right? And uh, <laughs> I also wanted to bring him on because this week, Wednesday, 6.15 p.m., we have an economic and market update meeting, a conference call that everybody listening, you don't have to be a client to, to get on to this conference call, thefinancialguys.com. I'm going to bring on Paul. Paul, how are you? I'm great. Thanks awesome. Michelle. Awesome. Very good. And now, are you still in Ohio, sir? I'm actually in Michigan uh, today. Ah, nice. You are a world traveler, sir. You're, you're, you're you know, located in South Carolina. You're up to see your dad in Ohio. Now you're in Michigan. My goodness. Right. Very nice. Very nice. So we have something on the text board, and it was actually um, mentioned to Glenn Wiggle. They may, might think one of us is Glenn, but it says, helping people is what you do. Question, what can people do to hedge off inflation? So let's talk about that real quickly, and then uh, we'll plug the Economic and Markets Update conference call we're doing this week. Yeah, sure. So obviously, the questioner has asked the $64,000 question here in 2021. <laughs> right. What's up with inflation? Now, there's two uh, ways to look at this. The uh, bulls, so don't think uh, inflation is longer lasting, problematic, mm -hmm. are the ones that say we have inflation, yes, but it's only transitory because we're opening up the economy post-COVID that after we get into a normalized economic state a la 2019 mm -hmm. that inflation subsides we get back down to one to two percent annual increases which we all can live with mm -hmm. so that's the optimistic view that's the bullish view the uh, bearish view is that this time inflation is not transitory it's not temporary it's long-term and structural and if you're as old as me you know you remember uh, inflation when it reared its ugly head and peaked at about 14% in the year 1980. Mm -hmm. So that's the uh, nasty argument, right? Because that's bad for all asset classes, right. stocks, bonds, almost anything. So my view right now is um, I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt. We only have two rough months, uh, April and May, of high inflation readings. Let's see if we're still posting high inflation numbers six months from now, then I'll get worried right now. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it's transitory. Now, uh, if it is something that's not benign, something that's more serious, how can you hedge it? Great question. So what I've done is I've sold off uh, growth and tech stocks because those uh, stocks get hit the uh, most with rises in uh, inflation and interest rates mm -hmm. and built a more defensive portfolio focusing on dividend yields. And when you take a look at the different economic sectors, there are a couple of economic sectors that actually benefit from this environment, mm -hmm. such as materials, you know, think commodities. The financials, when interest rates are rising, banks make more money, not less. Also, um, other groups such as energy, maybe uh, various industrial companies that we're familiar with here in the Midwest. And so that's the way to play it. Now, we could also do things that are maybe more draconian measures, such as like buying gold. Um, and I'm going to kind of hold off on that. But right now, yeah. Yeah. with stocks, 
uh, still uh, avoiding the bond market because interest rates, although they're rising, are still rising from a very low, unattractive level. Mm-hmm. And focusing on dividend-paying stocks, energy, industrials, financials, materials. Yeah. So when you say sell out of growth, um, you don't mean wholesale changes, right? We're talking subtle adjustments to portfolios. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I take a look at uh, portfolios that I manage, you know, they're typically a mix of the growth innovative tech companies and mm-hmm. kind of the more you know, stable Rust Belt companies. Sure. And right now I'm skewing more to the uh, latter. There's always going to be opportunities. But the problem is when you value growth stocks that typically have much higher valuations, uh, when interest rates rise, that kind of screws up the math. Gotcha. So, yeah, you got to be super careful there. Yeah. So, folks, if you're listening, we've got Paul Meeks, a member of our team, a friend, a colleague, Independent Solutions Wealth Management, a registered investment advisory firm. Paul is one of the leaders of that team, included on that team. John Thur, another chartered financial analyst, Glenn Wiggle, Mike Lomas, of course, Dan Neiman. These are some very bright people that we all rely upon in our office to actually manage your money. Um, Paul, when we look at individual households, of course, we sort of craft um, some unique outcomes, I guess, right? Unique situations based on how people feel about risk and where they are. I always think of it as their life cycle. Are they accumulating? Are they ready to do distributions and so forth? Why, um, why, and this is sort of a pivot, I guess, but our economic and market update meeting that we'll be holding, why do you think people should call in? Pitch the call that we're having this Wednesday at 6.15 p.m. By the way, folks, go to thefinancialguys.com to register. What will they get out of an economic and market update call as we're doing again this week? Yeah, I think the uh, key issue is, yeah, you have some qualified, bright people on the call, me accepted. (laughs) Uh, Come on. Timely. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, no, we've just had uh, a burst of inflation, uh, April and May. Uh, we've had uh, you know pretty uh, traumatic uh, battle between um, uh, Putin and Biden, mm-hmm. and we have a number of um, pretty important things running through the legislature, including you know a trillion dollar plus potential uh, infrastructure plan, and we've seen a uh, rotation out of growth stocks, which have essentially dominated the landscape ever since the financial crisis back in '09. Now we're shifting you know with this new environment, inflation, and higher interest rates, yes or no, we'll try to determine that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're rotating into more value names. And so after kind of a one-way street that the market has been, you know, you can kind of just hold your nose and buy it. Yep. Uh, we now got to make some decisions. And so I think um, whether it's our commentary or other smart folks' commentary, it's a timely time to listen to one of these calls. Terrific. Paul Meeks, I know I'll be talking to you again this week, my friend, and thank you for uh, joining us, Mike. Hey, Flick, Mike Sparaza, but thank you for helping our audience get an understanding of these uh, these concepts and some of the big events going on that can affect their money. Thanks again, Paul. All right, best wishes. All righty. That's Paul Meeks, Chartered Financial Analyst. We're right on the money. Really, we're right on the money. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great show. I, yes. uh, I always say that. Because I, I think of the guests we had. And uh, we thank you for tuning in, folks. Thanks to our callers. Uh, thanks to all of our guests, including Andrew Giuliani, Stefan Mahailu, and Paul Meeks. Join us on Facebook Live after the show here to see our interview with Rob Ort. Yes, Mark Daniels. Thank you. Remember to find our podcast, folks. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Father's Day. Thanks for listening to the Financial Guys Radio Network. <laughs>